Hello, everyone, and welcome to session two of Moving Through Change. Today is all about growth mindset. My name is Anna Greenwald, and I am the founder and CEO here at On The Goga. I'm also our lead mindfulness and yoga coach. And throughout this series, I am joined by our wonderful community health and promotion coach, Andrew Campbell. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Anna. And hey, everybody out in the virtual world. Super excited to be back. You didn't necessarily need to have attended last week to understand what we're talking about today. They build on each other, but they're totally independent. Before we really dive in, Anna, would you mind just kind of explaining exactly why we're here, like what we're doing here? Just like last week, we're here for you guys. You guys out there are all our members. And as this current situation is unfolding, there's a lot of change and certainty and challenge that are happening for all of us every day. This is something that is happening not just to our members, but really across the whole planet. And so we came together as a team at On The Goga and said, what's our role here? You know, how can we be of support for you all? We created this free member series as just one small way that we're hoping to keep delivering on our mission to you all to provide our community with a little bit of support, maybe even a little bit of happiness wherever you are. Each week is a little 60 minute brain break focused on covering a different emotional skill set to help you move through and manage and adapt to this change. Last week, we talked about resilience. And when we're talking about resilience, probably like the best definition out there, the rapidity at which you recover from adversity, right? So that's what we really talked about last week. And it was super awesome to hear from all of you about how this is playing out in everybody's lives, what challenges we're facing, and then how we're kind of trying to begin practicing resilience. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really great to hear from you all. And I think it's really important to note again, like we did last week, that normally when we're having this conversation about resilience or growth mindset, it's around the context of daily stressors, right? Like a challenging conversation that we have to have with um, a coworker or a partner, or maybe it's just getting stuck in traffic. The daily stressors of life haven't gone away right now, but in addition to those little everyday adversities, we are experiencing this deep and universal adversity that is about our very well-being, right? As individuals and as a community, and also the social and economic adversity that that's beginning and continuing to bring to all of us individually and as a community. So to reinforce that point, yes, today we are absolutely here to talk about and provide conversation and learning around practical cognitive skills. But we're not here to say, we're just gonna push through and recover from this situation, right? In many ways, resilience right now is actually having the courage to accept and acknowledge that we're all knocked down right now for reasons that are out of our control. Yeah, and, there, and right now there are so many things that are out of our control, right? Like basically our entire lives have kind of been <laughs> a little bit. Um, so when we're talking about resilience, it, it, really looks at, it really looks like persevering through the things that we do have control over, identifying those things, um, acknowledging them. So last week's, <clears throat> last week, um, was what we were really focusing on, kind of identifying those things that we do have control over, um, acknowledging them and trying to begin practicing resilience. Absolutely. So to just recap that really quickly, last week we looked at 
how to manage the situation, particularly through four core adaptations or mindsets that really worked to foster and increase resilience. So they were trust, purpose, compassion, and growth. And we kind of actually skimmed through that last one, growth, because today we're going to talk all about growth mindset, moving through change, growth mindset. You can do any exercise that we're going to be doing today using just a pen and paper as well. We're talking about growth mindset and resilience. What new challenges are you facing right now? This could be anything from like, again, the day-to-day. Renee said isolation. Jacqueline said homeschooling my kids, right? Raise your hand if you're playing dual role of employee and parent right now. Nancy said living by herself is lonely and it's hard to be motivated. And we'll actually talk today about why those things are feeding off of each other. Oh yeah. Kimberly said something that I was actually talking to one of the, uh, one of our team members about earlier this week, which is sharing an office space, right? A home office space with your significant other. That can be really hard, not just to focus, but also to kind of draw boundaries. When do we talk? When don't we talk? When, who gets to use the phone? When getting groceries, going shopping at the pharmacy, all of these, right? And from the How do I go get groceries to conflict, right? Between working home, working from home, helping myself and helping others, like these dichotomies that feel sometimes really hard to manage. And again, a lot of this is out of control. It's things that we're having trouble dealing with because we can't control every aspect of it right now. Barry, your dog, been there. My dog is currently shoving a tennis ball in my hand. And attention, it's like, no, no, please. These are all great examples. And why we started with this question is because when we're embracing or maybe not embracing, but at least experiencing a new challenge, when we're addressing something or trying something for the first time, we are beginners. And being a beginner is a really important part of fostering a growth mindset. So if that's the case, let's just take a second really quick to define that word, beginner. What do you guys think it means to be a beginner? This could be a definition. You could talk about what words this brings to mind or situations, but would love to hear what you guys think of when you think of being a beginner. Andrew, do you think of anything specific when you think of being a beginner? I mean, first thing that kind of pops in my head is like a kid being a kid. Yeah, yeah, totally. And actually, that's interesting. We'll talk about why there are a lot of interesting reasons for that association. But mainly, it's because when we're kids, we're beginning at everything. And I think that that kind of goes along with some of these things that people are saying, right? Anita said constantly learning, right? When you're a kid, you're constantly learning everything. Everything seems new. To Jen's point, she said, being outside of my comfort zone. And Sherry said, asking a lot of questions, right? So absolutely. Being a beginner is stepping into unfamiliar territory, starting something new. Someone just said Zen, which is awesome because uh, we'll actually touch a little bit on this concept of beginner's mind today, which is a concept that you can find in Zen philosophy. All of these things are great examples of what it kind of means to be a beginner. When you look in the dictionary to define what is a beginner, you're going to see two major definitions. The first is to proceed to perform the first or earliest part of some action, to commence, to start. The second is to come into existence, to arise or originate. 
Those I think are really relevant to today because we can take a step back to notice that as a world right now, we are at the very beginning of what I think the key phrase, I'm sure you guys have been hearing this around, I've been hearing it around, it's this new normal. We really are just in the earliest part of that. And so as a world, we're beginning in a lot of different ways, as our individual organizations we are, and then as individuals we are. The interesting thing that you'll note about this, and I actually love that all of you guys are saying like asking questions, being out of your comfort zone, learning something new, and that really points to the fact that in the definition of being a beginner, there's nothing that says being a beginner is inherently bad. There's nothing inherently wrong about being a beginner. But let's be honest, when we are beginners, we're not getting everything right. We're failing at things sometimes. And that is a really uncomfortable emotion. Yes, the reality is that beginners often lack the skills required for success. Yeah, and Charles is like frustration, right? That's absolutely the feeling that comes from being a beginner. I say like one of the most frustrating parts of being a beginner is when you have like that first immediate unexpected success. Like the first time you try something and you nail it, the second time you go back and you're like, yeah, I'm doing great, but then you don't nail it the second time. And that's like, because you're still a beginner, even if you got it right the first time, right? So. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's that phrase beginner's luck, right? So we might not be thinking about that in these terms right now, but we've all probably had that experience where one day you're working from home and you just absolutely kill it. You crush it. You're like, wow, what an awesome productive day. My kids were doing their lesson plans. I had all these meetings. Everything went great. You're feeling really good. The next day you wake up and like it literally couldn't go worse and it feels really depleting. And so that idea of kind of sporadic success as a beginner is really important to note because yes, you might be successful and we're working towards success and you're going to have moments of failure and that's okay. Yeah. And it's not because like it by no means is it because you are bad at something or that you'll never be good. Right. Actual reality of the situation is that the key to adapting successfully to change mm -hmm. is learning. And you know, you all, said that in so many ways. Nancy's saying on the chat, I can definitely relate one day fine, next day very difficult, exactly. up and down. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and the beauty of this is, to Andrew's point, it's not that you're either good at remote working or bad at remote working. It's not that you're either handling this well and you'll always handle it well or you won't. The key to success over time is not getting it right, it's being willing and open to learning. Right, right, right. So like when we're talking about learning and being open to learning, like, let's just be honest in this conversation, though, like, it does really suck to fail, to not oh, yeah. at something. So can we like at least, at least touch on that for a second? <laughs> Absolutely. We actually have a whole slide on that. So <laughs> why does it really suck to fail? Charles said judgment from peers. Anita said being a beginner is mentally exhausting, right? Your brain... <laughs> I think that's a really important one to touch on. Jennifer said your inner critic is harsh, right? So you have judgments coming from the outside when you're failing at something, right? Like maybe you don't get on the Zoom conference, right? Or your, your company is creating a new process to help people work virtually and you miss a step and it totally sends everything into a tailspin. Other people are gonna be frustrated, but you're probably gonna be the most frustrated, right? right? right. And 
like to Sherry's point, that results in beating yourself up, feeling disappointment, all of these things. And why does that occur psychologically? Why is it that when we fail at something, it sends us not into just, oh, oops, that I, I made a mistake. That's okay. It sends us into this feeling of like, oh my gosh, everything, I am wrong, right? Yeah. That phenomenon is the experience of the emotions shame and embarrassment, right? But mostly shame. So shame is the painful emotion that arises out of a failure to attain some ideal state. Now, this doesn't mean a realistic state, right? Because I think we can all understand that what we, our expectations for ourselves are not always realistic, but there's still the expectation. There's still this feeling of, well, this would be me doing my best. Embarrassment is a little bit more of a mild feeling of that. And one of our favorite psychologists here at On The Goga, Brene Brown, she says that shame is the feeling of I am wrong versus embarrassment is the feeling of I did something wrong. And so what differentiates that feeling of just, oops, wow, that was a little embarrassing. I did that wrong and I am wrong. It's really the thought process that goes into that. When we're looking at shame and embarrassment, the other thing to note is when we have that feeling of shame of, oh my gosh, you know, I failed at creating the perfect lesson plan so my kids aren't studying today. It's not just, wow, I'm a beginner at this. I've never had to do this before. It's, oh my gosh, I'm a bad parent, right? right. That feeling of shame makes us feel incredibly alone. Right, right. So like, what do you, what do we do when we feel shame? We generally, like we try to avoid it or mm -hmm. we like blame ourselves. That's like a very, I mean, we see it in the chat box right now, you know, like disappointment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we blame ourselves and we beat ourselves up. Right. Yeah. Nancy said retreat. And I can definitely say that I experienced that emotion when I'm feeling shame of like, oh my gosh, I, I, I did something that makes me feel so bad that I feel I am wrong. I, all I want to do is just retreat. I just want to curl up and not talk to anyone and stop moving forward. That is what happens when we feel that feeling of shame that occurs naturally when we are beginning at something because we have to fail as beginners. So today we're going to talk about why it's actually okay to fail. And that's where growth mindset comes in. So how does growth mindset help us to move through change without being overcome by that feeling of shame? Well, just like we talked about last week with resilience, right? We said resilience isn't about eliminating adversity. It's about creating a new relationship or orientation towards that adversity. Similarly, growth mindset, which we'll define in just a second, isn't about never failing, but it's about changing our relationship to failure, changing our mindset. Let's really quick run through what is growth mindset. Now, growth mindset can only be understood next to its partner, fixed mindset. This psychological framework that we're about to go through is an incredible framework developed by the psychologist Carol Dweck, who her book, Mindset, is an incredible book about this. So if this topic really interests you, I would highly encourage you to go right to that source, Mindset by Carol Dweck. We'll send that in the follow-up email as well. Right, yeah. And as we're about to dive into this, um, I will say we're going to talk about the difference, differences between what is a fixed mindset and what's a growth mindset. This is all not, like nobody is only growth mindset. You know, I mean, here at On The Go-Go, we like to think we're very pro-growth and growth mindset, but like 
everyone in our own ways are a little bit of fixed and a little bit of growth mindset, depending on the situation and the environment and the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that would be a really interesting thing if you guys, as we go through this, if you want to know how, in what situations you might feel a little bit more of a fixed mindset and in what situations you might feel more of a growth mindset, I, I think that would be really interesting. Let's dive in. A fixed mindset. A fixed mindset actually starts with a belief. And by a belief, I don't mean something that you either believe or you don't believe. It's just more of an understanding. So this belief and understanding inside of yourself that abilities are fixed. So this is that feeling of there's a certain task or a certain action and I'm either good or bad at that action and that's it. Like maybe I can get a little bit better, but either I'm athletic or I'm unathletic. I'm, you right. know. So like right now, like first thing that comes to mind is as far as like, that aspect would possibly be like, I'm struggling with Zoom. And that's like, I'm never gonna get good at it. Um, right. or, or, <laughs> or just not being able to balance this new like work and life world that we're all kind of, it's all like the same world right now and it's really difficult. Um, so I'll actually like throw that back. What right now are you worried is a fixed challenge that's just like, really difficult to change like what's something you feel is never going to change right now because it's just really difficult right that feeling of this is not going to change i'm not going to get better at this i'm always going to suck at this i think that this is really easy to see kind of in a, a long scale right now oh yeah joan said staying home so much right that's actually i was just going to say a beautiful example because a lot of the things we have fixed mindset about we know that it's not necessarily true but it doesn't stop the feeling and of what if this is going to be true? So that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm staying home so much right now. It's always going to be this way. I also think that, you know, just this feeling of change, right? Yeah. Nancy said loss of freedom, that this is now the world just flipped into this mode and it's always going to be this way and nothing's ever going to be the same or easy again. That's a really, I think, common experience right now. So in terms of abilities, though, it can really be like, yeah, like you said, Andrew, how am I adapting to technology? Maybe it's even just something as simple as, am I good at drawing or not good at drawing, right? Am I good at balancing work and life? So what happens when you have this fixed mindset? If you have this belief that that's the way things are and that's the way they're always going to be, then we avoid challenges. And to Nancy's point, it's this feeling of retreating, right? When we have this feeling of this is how it is and it's not going to get better, then we give up easily. We avoid the situation because we think our effort is just fruitless. We think, well, it doesn't matter how much I try right now. The situation's never going to change. I'm never going to change. So what's the point? Another interesting point about this is that we feel threatened by the success of others when we're in a fixed mindset. So the way you might be experiencing that right now is the feeling of looking around and seeing someone else that's affected different, differently by this crisis than you and thinking, wow, they seem like everything's so easy for them. That makes me feel resentment versus the feeling of, okay, there are ways that these things can, can turn out well, and that gives me hope. Now, that's not to say that it's bad to be having that feeling of being threatened. We're saying that's natural. Yeah, were you going to say something, Andrew? No, I think he, uh, no, I was just like taken <laughs> aback by you saying that it's natural. It's, I don't yeah. know, it's very simple, but it's like, you know, like not uh, to get back to what we talked about on compassion last week, like just acknowledging that it's natural, I think is a huge thing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, this, it, you know, if we talk about normal, like 
the way things normally are. Threatened by success could also look like, you know, you go out for a job promotion, someone else gets it. And that makes you feel so bad that you stop putting forward your best versus seeing that as motivation to do better, right? So what does this result in? It results in success plateaus because we're not acting and cultivating behaviors to learn new skills, right? Or change our situation. It's pretty simple when you look at it, but it's an experience that we all have and oftentimes beat ourselves up about, to your point, Andrew, about compassion. If we take a moment to acknowledge that we have a fixed mindset about it, we can often see that we're avoiding that situation, which isn't serving us to create the outcome that we want. So how is this really different from a growth mindset? Like we said, it begins in the brain. The growth mindset is just the understanding that abilities can be developed and that situations will change. What happens taking the Zoom metaphor, right? If you are just like, oh my gosh, I will never be a Zoom person. I hate virtual meetings. You're never going to practice it and you're never going to get better at that skill, right? But if you understand that your skills can develop over time, then you embrace that challenge, right? Now, this doesn't mean you're like, yay, I'm so excited to have a challenge. It just means that you actually put thought and effort into that challenge because, and that is the act of resilience, right? That's persisting through that obstacle. And you see that effort instead of fruitless as a path to mastery or change, right? And when you look around at others and you see them growing and succeeding, or you see someone who's like to take this kind of silly metaphor of Zoom, really good at using Zoom, you take ideas from that and you get inspired by it. And that results in higher, usually we use the word achievement here, but it you can substitute the word achievement for learning, adaptability, right? Change. So it's controlled change. We can actually take actions to change our situation. And that's really what growth mindset comes down to. It's the mindset of understanding that change can be a positive force over time versus seeing failure as an indication that you're never gonna get better at something, you see that failure as an indication of change and you know that that change, if you put your effort towards it, can advance you in whatever way you choose. Right, and I think one thing to just add on to that is what we mentioned at the very beginning of this, when we're talking about resilience, a major part of that is also acknowledging what you do and do not have control over. Mm -hmm. So you might have, you might be really trying to cultivate a growth mindset around some existential threat, but really, if you're being honest with yourself, you need to acknowledge, do you actually have control over the outcome of said situation? Right. And that's a really good point, Andrew, because a growth mindset in that situation doesn't look like, okay, I'm going to be able to change this external out of my control factor. It looks like saying, I can adapt, right? And that's why we called this series Moving Through Change because it's not about changing the things you don't have control over. It's understanding the control you have in situations that can sometimes feel like a constant high tide. Right, and I think that's uh, also another really good point because so so many stressors that are going on right now today seem to be very much out of our control. And so if we're going at them, to your point, Anna, like trying to change it instead of just adapting with it and moving through this change, you know, we're going to be kind of wasting a lot of stress and effort on something that 
we honestly might not have control over. So let's try to focus a growth mindset around things that we can, contrib- we can contribute to and can get better at, right? Absolutely. Let's talk about it. What is a growth mindset? So how do we actually start to develop one? How do we get there? How do we go from can't to can't yet? How do we cultivate this growth mindset? Well, we can see from that chart on the last slide, it really does begin in the mind. And again, this isn't magic. It's not like you believe it and then it comes true. It's that we can understand now through the research in psychology and how the brain works that what we think creates a different physiological environment for emotions and then behaviors, right? So what we're gonna look at today are how to shift those internal dialogues, these little practices we can do without even lifting a finger really that prompt us to respond more effectively to these moments of failure and challenge. Yeah, and as we're diving in, obviously resilience is a major part of this, but when we're trying to develop a growth mindset, it takes, the acknowledgement and becoming very uh, familiar with an extremely uncomfortable emotion, which is vulnerability. It requires us to have an open and honest mind with, with um, those around us, you know, whether that be family members, coworkers, friends, uh, clients, but also, and most importantly, it requires us to be open, honest, and vulnerable with ourselves. And I think that really rings true in moments like this, moments of great challenge that force us into failure, right? So it's not about learning how to never fail. This is a vulnerable situation that we're forced into failure and we're gonna fail. This is about how to arrive fully for ourselves in those moments of failure and how to arrive for others, right? Family, like you said, or coworkers, when that failure happens and even when it endures over time. When we look at how to cultivate this growth mindset. There are some three really practical tools. So we'll take them through one by one. The first is just reassessing our expectations. So cultivating that growth mindset begins by reassessing our expectations for what is normal, right? Things are now different. And our skills and abilities always are a function of our environment. For example, if you're a really great baseball player on the land, right, and you go underwater, you're going to not be as good at playing baseball. That's kind of a silly example, but it really points to how our skills and abilities are very much a function of our environment, whether that's our physical environment, our emotional environment, our economic environment, right, whether we're virtual or in person. Mm-hmm. When you're just playing along with that kind of environment example, a very real one would be if you're not used to working at home or working remotely all the time, and all of a sudden you're forced to stay at home and work there all day, it's might, you might find it hard to stay motivated and you might need to reassess what a new, what the, to your point uh, earlier, Anna, what the new normal quote unquote work day looks like for you. The other point to note in this is like, just like, you know, if you were a pro baseball player trying to play baseball underwater and you're not, you're failing, right? It doesn't make you a bad baseball player. If you're trying to learn how to manage this home work-life balance and you're like, man, I used to be so good at this, right? And you're finding that you need to reassess a new normal. That is an indication that you are a beginner. And that's what being a beginner looks like in this environment. And so I'd actually put that out to you guys in the audience. What are some expectations that you have right now around life, work? 
uh, family, even like your own stress or relaxation time that are just, they no longer apply, that you need to reassess them, even if maybe you're resisting the idea that you need to reassess some of those expectations right now. Andrew, do you have any expectations that you need to kind of reassess things that aren't necessarily working perfectly right now? For sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I think kind of um, in terms of like work-life boundaries, you know, I live in like a glorified studio and so it's kind of like how do I make physical almost physical boundaries that turn into like mental boundaries that's like this is this area is for work stop working when mm. you're outside of this area and so that's just something that I need to reassess because normally my physical boundaries are okay I get on the subway and that's my physical boundary. I'm literally taken away from the environment of work. Yeah. Deborah said the same thing, kind of not just physical boundaries, but time boundaries, right? There are no set times yeah. for working versus home life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that becomes really evident in our organizations too, because it takes organizations a while to figure out what are our new boundaries, right? And then to communicate that. Joan said retirement was in the plan but yeah. not now. That's a huge expectation to have to reassess. And that is really challenging, right? Talk about resilience. Like last week, that's really challenging. Uh, Margaret said, again, time to complete tasks. Jacqueline just said something as simple as spring family vacation, like raise your hand if you had a vacation or a trip or something that was affected by this situation. Yeah, we just had over fifth, over twenty people yeah, raise their raising hand. my hand right now. Yeah, over twenty-five people raising their hand. That's almost half of everyone mm -hmm. that a vacation or a trip was changed. Ex uh, Jennifer said, "Expected that I'd be able to get those small projects at home that I've had on the shelf." Ha! Right. I think <laughs> we've even experienced this already. We've recalibrated our expectations. We're like, all right, well, I'm going to be home now. I'll just do all those cool DIY home projects that I thought I was going to do. And then we have to reassess our expectations again, because we're like, wow, this is not at all what I was expecting this to be like. Yeah. Right. Kimberly said, trying to plan a wedding for this year has been difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. I, one of, honestly, one of our uh, team members at On The Goga had to cancel her wedding. Talk about needing to reassess expectations. Mm -hmm. the, the key here is to allow yourself to do that, right? Growth mindset is understanding that abilities and situations can be developed and changed. And so when we reassess our expectation and we let it be okay to reframe, what would make me happy now? What would a, a positive work-life balance look like now and not hold ourselves to our old expectations? That simply enables us to take steps and actions that we need to take to move ourselves forwards towards the things that we want. And the fundamental part, a, a fundamental point there is to let it be okay to be a beginner at every aspect of your life situation right now. That's enough. Just saying, you know, we, as we get become adults, it feels like we should have everything figured out, right? Should is one of my least favorite words. Letting ourselves be okay with the fact that we're going to have to figure some new things out and we're going to have to be beginners. And the beauty of that is even when you're in the midst of failing, you can still be good at being a beginner. And that's why I just think that's one of the most important skills in the world is being that compassionate beginner. Because if you can become comfortable, and that doesn't mean that failing will become comfortable, but if you can become almost excited, if you can value being a beginner, 
then you can become great and adapt to anything. Reading people's answers here is also a really important practice of compassion, right? Because Wendy's saying her daughter's college graduation is in limbo. Um, these are really hard things. And so when we're looking to the, the next way to cultivate that growth mindset, right? We, we can reassess our expectations, create that new perspective, right? To Deborah's point, it's perspective. What's the next step, Andrew? Yeah, so I mean, the next step is really to start small and to reassess expectations. To be successful at that, you really do need to start small. Yeah, especially when the problems are huge, yeah. right? They're impossible to, these problems we're all experiencing right now, We've already said a million times, we don't have control over a lot of them. The ones that we do have control over, we probably can't solve them by ourselves. And we definitely can't solve them in a single step. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's to start small is kind of almost like a two-step process within itself. So it requires like a zoom out and zoom in type mindset. Um, so like to start small, we're saying like zoom out to take in the big picture, understanding, and it's really trying to view that there's a million steps between here and there, here in the destination and the goal, right? So you got to zoom out first to really take all that in and really understand all of that. And then once you zoom out, zoom back in and look at, look at all those small steps as actionable tasks for you to focus on instead of just looking at the big picture and getting mad that you're not at the destination. Zooming out to take it all in and then zooming in, start moving forward on all those little tiny steps. Right. So to kind of sum that up, because I think this is a really important one, we have to first understand that we might have, again, this comes back to expectations, expectations of I should be able to perfectly assert a work-life balance right now. So zooming out looks like seeing that that's not one step. That's not, let's flip a switch and have a perfect work-life balance. That looks like trying out different things, moving our office to different parts of our little apartment or our house and seeing how that works, waking up at different times, trying different morning routines. There are so many little steps between here and finding that perfect work-life balance. And then what Andrew's saying, zoom in, is beginning with those little steps, allowing your expectation to say, not I'm going to have a perfect work-life balance tomorrow, but saying, Tomorrow, I'm going to try this morning routine and just see how it works. So does anybody out there have examples of small steps that they've been taking that have been helpful in getting work done or just understanding their situation a little bit better? M one of my small steps that I've been taking is when I wake up in the morning, I have an hour when I don't use my phone because or any screen and that's been a really small step for creating a digital boundary um, and that's been really helpful oh i love that just said i love these lunchtime webinars because i can fold wash while watching at the kitchen table and i think that's a beautiful uh new normal right it's yeah. like i'm gonna because i mean you know and we've talked about this andrew as a team it's like the concept of offering a wellness webinar during a time where people are feeling a lot of dis-ease is kind of almost seems comical in a, yeah. some way, but yeah. that's the point. It's like, to us, these webinars are one way to create a brain break. And so if that becomes part of someone else's new normal and part of our new normal, like that's something wonderful and a value that we wouldn't have created otherwise, right? right? Jacqueline said, taking daily walks. I love that. Oh, Kimberly said, starting with 10 minutes of yoga. And I love this because as a yoga teacher, a lot of the times people will come to me and they'll be like, well, 
oh, I don't want to do a whole yoga class. Like they're thinking they have to do 60 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of just stretching, moving your body does so much. Yeah. Charles said, even just paying attention to things that are good. He was, he was saying the example of walking the dog at lunch, right? I'm thinking, Andrew, like I can hear Zulu's little collar in the background. And to me, like, sorry, I know how- I'm sorry. No, I love it. I was going to say that's a thing that is good because it's that reminder um, or anytime that, you know, a dog pops up on a Zoom. Jess said, have you thought about uploading a short morning yoga webinar for On The Goga? And the answer to that is yes. And actually we'll have some really cool updates next week about more tools and resources that we're providing. But again, if you guys have any ideas, please um, email us after because, you know, we're beginners at, at this and providing our content totally virtually. And so any thoughts or things you'd love or things you'd find helpful, definitely let us know. The last step here is practicing compassion. The last step that we're going to talk about today. There are so many amazing ways to cultivate a growth mindset, but the way we kind of wanted to put a pin in this for the day is to talk about compassion Remember that this situation that we're all in, it's a set of waves, right? It's going to bring not just one wave of challenge, but multiple waves of challenge, right? Like we talked about, you have the challenge of feeling like, okay, I have to recalibrate and spend a lot of time at home. So I'm going to get a bunch of projects done. And then the new challenge of realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't meet that expectation. And these challenges are going to keep coming. That's why practicing compassion as part of your growth mindset is incredibly important. If your mentality is just to power through the situation, right? With a stiff up, upper lip, then you're going to tire out. You'll not be able to avoid moments of real suffering right now, whether that suffering feels like stress or deep pain. That's where compassion and self-compassion, right? Which is compassion for ourselves is really crucial. Yeah. And so last week we were talking um, with Caitlin about compassion and compassion through change. Um, and really she broke it down into three parts. So the first part of compassion is acknowledging the suffering of you or others. So specifically I'm thinking what I think of is acknowledging the fact that now being in charge of homeschooling kids right now, acknowledge that that is extremely stressful and extremely difficult. Yeah. And Linda even just said, and you know, we'll kind of actually come back to this because this is a great point in a lot of ways, but that even just these conversations are a good reminder that we're all in this, right? Not just us at our individual workplaces, but all of us together are having that experience. After we've acknowledged it, if we're trying to practice compassion, we we should act on that suffering. And that can mean different things. That can take it, we take action, taking small steps, and even more simply, even shifting the expectation. You know, instead of beating yourself up about like, oh, I feel like I'm not giving my children the same quality education that they get from professional teachers at school, shift that expectation as to what like homeschooling looks like from coming from you, reassessing expectations. And then there Absolutely. was finally one more part to it, uh, Anna. Yeah, I actually just want to make, you know, re really reiterate what you just said, which is that acting on that acknowledgement of suffering doesn't have to look like you, you know, donate all of your money, or it doesn't have to look like you spend all of your free time caring for somebody else, right? Action can be a mindset. It can be a thought shift. It can be lending an ear to someone who needs a moment just to talk. It can even, and 
this is a really important one, be setting boundaries for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Not doing something because you're caring for yourself. So action can look like a lot of different things. Yeah. But through that action, we create the third step of compassion, which is understanding. And again, it's exactly what Linda said. It's this in acknowledging that others are suffering and acting on it in some way, whether it's tuning into a webinar or just listening to what other people are saying, that creates an understanding that we are connected, mm -hmm. right? Even and especially through times of suffering. This right now, this experience of adversity is a human condition. And what it's creating is a moment where we are all beginners again, every single one of us. And that leaves us with our little quote for the end of the presentation today, which is by Confucius. He says, it doesn't matter how slow you go as long as you don't stop. This situation is hard. And like everything in life, it will pass. And so we hope that today these tools have given you some support to know that you can't change the situation necessarily, but you are capable of moving through the change.